Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College Online Journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. Make sure not to miss a single podcast and subscribe to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite subscription service. The views expressed in this presentation are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Army War College, U.S. Army, or Department of Defense. Welcome to this special edition of A Better Peace, the War Room podcast. I'm Ron Granary, Professor of History at the Department of National Security and Strategy at the U.S. Army War College and podcast editor of the War Room. It's a pleasure to have you with us. In late March 2023, I traveled to San Diego for the annual meeting of the Society for Military History. At the conference, I participated in a roundtable discussion on podcasting and the history profession, organized by my colleague Phil Shackelford, library director at South Arkansas College and the creator, producer, and host of the Modern Scholar podcast. The nearly 90-minute conversation covered many aspects of podcasting and scholarship and offers some insights, both into what we think we are doing here at A Better Peace and to the range of other podcasts that exist in the historical and policy areas. In this special edition, we are delighted to share a recording of that conversation and hope you will enjoy the show. Uh, Last Saturday, several history podcasters came together to present a roundtable discussion about podcasting uh, during the 2023 Society for Military History Annual Conference, uh, which was held in San Diego. Uh, We recorded that session as a live episode, and we're very excited to provide it for you here today. Uh, The session was titled Making Airwaves, the Profession of History and the World of Podcasting, and uh, brought together the hosts and creators of Bow and Blade, Civics and Coffee, Military Historians Are People Too, of course, the Modern Scholar Podcast. Uh, and A Better Peace, the official podcast of The War Room. Uh, so please enjoy, and I hope everyone is inspired by the discussion. All right, well, good morning, everyone, and thank you all for being here today. Um, if you're expecting to hear about podcasts and what in the world they have to do with history, you're in the right place. Uh, we're thrilled to offer this roundtable session today um, called Making Airways, the Profession of History and the World of Podcasting. Um, and thank you again for joining us. Thank you for finding us here on the third floor. Uh, so I would like to let everyone know that we are recording this session as a live podcast episode, um, and it will be distributed later on for all the world to enjoy. So uh, congratulations. You're all now participating in the podcast production process. Um, we'll have an opportunity to learn from everyone here on the, the panel, um, and then we'll have a time of Q&A uh, at the end of the session. We'll be passing around a disclaimer form shortly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> An NDA. Yeah. <laughs> so without further ado, let me tell you a little bit about why this session was organized and the value that we hope it brings. Uh, podcasts and digital media outlets you know, not only exist as important um, educational resources for both students and the general public, you know, able to facilitate discovery, uh, self-directed learning, inspire deeper journeys into various uh, historical subjects, but they also serve as valuable platforms uh, for academics and professionals in related fields to uh, reach a, a wider audience with their work um, and diversify their professional engagement and, and service portfolios. Um, These factors position podcasts and similar digital media outlets as an important realm of opportunity, I think, particularly given uh, the continued crises facing humanities programs around the country and the increased levels of student disconnection. Uh, Podcasts are able to deliver content that is both engaging and academically sound, uh, with the added potential of building community and reaching truly global audiences. 
So our goal today is just to demystify the world of podcasting a little bit, demonstrate the value and the potential impact um, of this endeavor, and then encourage all of you uh, to join the community with your own stories and your, your own content. So in a moment, each of our participants will have a moment to introduce themselves and their shows. Uh, but first, let me tell you about the fantastic group of folks we have here. And I'm just going to go in alphabetical order because I'm a librarian and I can't help it. So, um, uh, First up, we have Dr. Bill Allison, uh, professor of history at Georgia Southern University. Uh, Dr. Allison is a scholar of American military history and the Vietnam War in particular. As uh, a former trustee and vice president of the Society for Military History and was awarded the Society's Edwin Simmons Award for Distinguished Service. And also serves as the series editor for the Modern War Studies series at the University Press of Kansas. And I just have to say, Bill and Brian uh, have been very welcoming for me joining the podcast community. So uh, thank you guys for that. We're glad to bring more suckers in. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Alicia Asai is the host and producer of the weekly history podcast, Civics and Coffee. Uh, she's currently pursuing her master's degree in history at Sonoma State University with a focus in women and social welfare. Um, and I'll just add, again, a personal note. Uh, Alicia has been very welcoming and supportive for me, and I, I appreciate that uh, very much. Uh, Dr. Kelly DeVries is a professor of history at Loyola University, Maryland, and honorary historical consultant for the Royal Armories in the UK. Uh, he's written and edited 35 books and more than 80 articles on military history, medieval history, and the history of technology for academic and popular historical audiences. Uh, he's also appeared on more than 37 shows for PBS, History, History International, Military History, National Geographic, HBO, Vanity Fair, so uh, staying very busy. Um, <laughs> well, that's back when History Channel did this. Right. <laughs> uh, Dr. Rob Grenier is a professor of history at the U.S. Army War College, uh, where he's the editor and principal host of A Better Peace, the official podcast of The War Room. Um, a graduate of Harvard and the University of Chicago, he also serves as director of the Center for the, uh, for the Study of America and the West at the Foreign Policy Research Institute, uh, where he hosts a monthly talk show, People, Politics, and Prose, with Ron Grenieri. Uh, his research focuses on transatlantic relations, German politics, and the Cold War. And in addition to his book, The Ambivalent Alliance, Ron is also the author of various articles and op-eds that have appeared in Orbis, Central European History, the International History Review, the Los Angeles Times, and the Washington Post. Uh, my name is Philip Shackelford. I'm a military historian and library director at South Arkansas Community College. And my book, Rise of the Mavericks, uh, U.S. Air Force Security Service in the Cold War, is coming out next month from Naval Institute, so shameless plug. Uh, you know, it's, it's an amazing book, so you pick up a copy. Um, so let me just get on to the discussion. We're going to give everybody about two minutes to kind of introduce their shows um, and uh, give us your best elevator pitch. And Bill, we'll start with you. Sure. Uh, well, thanks for coming out this morning. I know uh, sometimes things happen on Friday night and you don't want to really get up early on a Saturday morning at the SMH. Um, but yeah, I, again, I want to, you know, uh, my, my partner in this travesty, uh, Brian Feltman back there, um, they wouldn't let us all be up here, so. <laughs> so we decided to sit in the back of the room. Uh, yeah, our podcast is Military Historians for People Too. Uh, the basic premise of it is, is just to not really talk about Kelly's latest book. Um, it's more to get to know Kelly DeVries, uh, why he got into history, you know, what he does, uh, you know, other things he likes to do. The kind of basic premise is, you know, we're people too, we have yards to mow. Uh, you know, we're not just these automatons that do military history all the time. So that was kind of the basic premise of it. Long form, episodes are usually about an hour long. Uh, and we try to have a good time, laid back approach with it. So, okay. Um, so thanks to Philip for uh, inviting me, and thank you all for coming. 
I, I know it's early. So uh, civics and coffee, the big uh, elevator pitch is history and the time it takes you to enjoy a cup of coffee. So it's a weekly short form podcast narr narrated by yours truly. It is focused primarily on U.S. history and I'm in a chronological format of sorts and I mix it up with guest requests. I love when people uh, send me stuff. I've done a couple of episodes on the World's Fair, for example, as part of a, of a guest request. Um, or And also I interview authors, historians, public historians, uh, fabulous fellow uh, podcasters like Philip. And uh, it's it's been a, a great time and I absolutely enjoy it. So hope you come join us. I'll just jump in. I'm the, the host and creator of the Modern Scholar Podcast. Um, we, we do a little bit of everything. We talk to scholars, historians, and librarians, community leaders, try to demystify a lot of the, the world. If you, if you don't have a glimpse behind the veil, we try to provide that insight. Um, it kind of explained the, the highlights, but also some of the challenges that, uh, that come with uh, those respective professions. Um, and, and really just give people a, a chance and a platform to talk about their important work that they're doing um, and inspire others in the process. So that's, that's what we're about. My, <coughs> excuse me, my uh, podcast, uh, or mine and Mike Livingston's podcast is called Bow and Blade. It is only medieval warfare, broadly, <laughs> broadly de defined. We've gone from Milvian Bridge all the way to um, Road, the Second Siege of Rhodes. Uh, so we will probably uh, end somewhere. Well, where, where history ends. Um, we all, of course, are aware that uh, history ends in 1566. And, and ever since then, yeah, ever since then uh, it's journalism and political science. So we deal with the history. And, uh, um, Mike Livingston, who's a very accomplished uh, author, just became the first distinguished professor um, at the Citadel. And I um, met when I was teaching the Citadel for one year, and uh, we didn't have this in, in any mind of this, but we had writing books. And so we wrote, uh, the, we, we won two of uh, the SMH book prizes. And um, the first one, which was a book on Battle of Crazy, where we had all the original sources translated, so they're on facing page translations. We, we felt that we wanted to retranslate them and we were able to except for the one that was uh, in Czech and then we had some friends do that. Uh, while we, when we would do our part, he translated a lot of Latin, I did the French and Dutch and the German, and, um, and he would do the Middle English. We would always end up at a bar restaurant in uh, Charleston and uh, where well, we'd edit our, our work. <clears throat> and then the acknowledgement of the book, we put two bartenders, two restaurant owners, and two chefs in the acknowledgements. And then I took the entire thing off of taxes because it was all there. <laughs> and it was, but it was very effective. I mean, we ran into some things uh, on Crazy where I realized that the, the accounts being written by Northern French were um, kind of had some Dutch words in them. Because of the of the proximity to Flanders, uh, and uh, that made it a little bit easier too. We always thought it was the restaurants, the bars, and um, so that is how our sitting is. We actually, it is um, a podcast that no, well, not technically, but is sitting in a bar talking about uh, medieval history, medieval military history, and conflict a week, and uh, so that we begin with um, what drink we're are uh, drinking, um, and uh, there are certain of our listeners who, who will 
they've got now betting games because it, we always associate the drink with the with the region we're going to. Um, the one they told me that I actually had the best one when I said I was going to have a Virgin Mary on the discussion of Joan of Mark and the siege of Orleans. <laughs> but in any case, that's how we conducted. And uh, so we're just, it's just the two of us talking about various things that happened there in the battle and, and some of the crazy things that come out of the battle or go into the battle. Our 26th episode just dropped um, last week. It's on the Battle of Falkirk, where we both gleefully um, condemned William Wallace. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, had a lot of fun condemning Richard uh, the First and so forth. Uh, we've got our heroes too, Joan, of course. Uh, but it's uh, it's been fun. We bounce back and forth all throughout the Middle Ages. So we'll do Middle Bridge. We'll do uh, the Battle of uh, Adrianople in uh, in the early Middle Ages. We'll jump to or maybe do uh, the Battle of Catalonian Plains with uh, um, with a uh, with Attila the Hun. And then the next one will be a battle in the Hundred Years' War. So, and we've even done a couple of naval battles. Our next battle is going to be uh, the Battle of Slaus in 1340. We did the Battle of Zonchil in 1499. Uh, and then every five episodes, we get questions. We have a Q and A, and people who've been listening to us have a Q and send us in questions. They're very rarely related to the battles we've done, but they talk about what uh, military um, equipment. Uh, what is the idea of logistics um, in the Middle Ages? Leadership. <clears throat> Almost everyone has a different, different theme. What was the charge? You know, what was the value of the cavalry? And, and we start getting these. We got one this time, the day after the Q and A had dropped. By for our next one. So there's a a, a lot of and, uh, worldwide. I've gotten um, letters from Portugal and Argentina. And places around, so it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. I'm sorry you're going to stop at 1566, though. You get to 1572, you could do Lepanto, you could drink Negronis, you could start with Rocky and then gradually the Negronis well, we, we could do The up. only important thing that happened in 1571, which is the fall of Cyprus. Yeah. 1570, yeah. I, so I'm getting mad at me when I say Lepanto was a defeat. We'll have to talk about that later. Perhaps you can have me on the show. Um, I mean, I, I'll, yes. of course, I'm, I'm, I'm outside of my specialty because I'm, I'm apparently just a journal. Welcome, fellow journalists to the Society of Military I say I'm a journalist because I can't say I'm a political scientist, right? Right. But, uh, but anyway, uh, I, uh, I, the, the War Room is a, uh, a conglomerate of productions at the War College. It started out as an online journal um, established in 2018, and then after a year of the online journal, or during its first year, the founder of the of the War Room, Andrew Hill, decided we needed a podcast too. I, uh, I came on to the War College in the summer of 2019, and so uh, uh, it was already up and running, and the at that time, the editor, the podcast editor, who then went on to become editor in chief before she abandoned us altogether and left for the State <laughs> Department, which is a 
uh, a, a, of course, a deep, uh, I know you're listening, Jackie, right? This is a deep betrayal uh, when you go from the Pentagon to the State Department. We can talk about that another time. But, uh, but Jackie Witt said to me, she said, Ron, I understand that you, you like to talk and you're not boring. So would you like to host a podcast? And she said that's exactly what Andrew Hill had said to her when he brought her on to, uh, to host a podcast. So we have, so we, um, uh, the Better Peace, uh, the War Room podcast is a mid-form podcast. Our, we shoot for 20 to 30 minutes, although our, our omnicompetent editor, managing editor, Buck Haberichter, um, has always pointed out that I have never managed to bring a conversation in under 30 minutes. Though, uh, we, were, we were told we were, we were supposed to shoot for 20 to 25, which was apparently in the pre-COVID times the length of the average American commute. Um, so not a cup of coffee, but the average commute. But our, our hope on a better piece is we, uh, we range pretty widely, right? We talk, uh, we are a national security podcast originally, let's say, in our DNA, but we of course define national security very broadly. We present both the work of war college faculty, war college students, and then also branch out uh, in order to bring in uh, 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 experts who are touch on subjects related to national security. So that's why we have discussions about recent books and articles. We have discussions about, uh, about government publications, right? We have annual discussions of the national security strategy and the national defense strategy. Um, so if you want to talk about national security, uh, track me down and we can talk about how we can get you on a better piece. All right. So let's move on and, and let's say you encounter someone who is new to the world of podcasts, even as a consumer, um, let alone producing a show. How do you sell them on the value of podcasts? And Ron, we can start with you and go in the opposite direction this time. I mean, the, the interesting thing is, is you, when you ask people, right, have you ever listened to a podcast, right? Uh, on one hand, when you're in the podcasting world, right, it's, it's a silly question to ask. But apparently for normal people, if you ask them if they've actually listened to a podcast, the answer is often no. Um, and yet, to, to get, once people have listened to podcasts, right, they begin to appreciate that. And I, I think that, and this is where we get into issues of, of length and format, right, to try to get people to understand right, different types of podcasts scratch different types of itches um, and do different things. But for us, um, we've tried to present the uh, appearing on a better piece and, and listening to it as a way for people to get in, uh, introduced to topics at work. So if you have an author on to talk for 20, 25 minutes about, about her book, right, that's a way to get the, the topic uh, broached. And we, um, and, and so the idea that the, the uh, you know, as, as a frustrated radio host, right, <laughs> I became a professor because I wanted to be locked in a room with people who had to listen to me talk. Um, and so of course I, uh, I, I, I dreamed about uh, having a radio show. Um, but the um, but not having a radio show. The beauty of podcasts is it allows you to have the content in a uh, in a compact format you could take with you, and so to get people to to see that there's there's broadly value in listening to intelligent people talk about the things that interest them, and that you can then draw on that kind of enthusiasm to then get more interested in the topic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm very lucky that it was. Uh, Medievalist.net uh, that uh, um, Peter Kaninsky set up many, many years ago. And uh, he wanted a podcast, and he says, I want a podcast, I think mil military history is going to be the one. And so he asked then Mike and I to do it. Uh, so we don't have to set up any of the production stuff. And in fact, if we have a cough or something like that, he'll re he's got a guy who will remove it. Uh, we never go uh, less than an hour and 15, which uh, it is a problem because YouTube wants it on but they have a limit of an hour. 
And uh, for some reason, we keep telling Peter, yeah, we'll make an hour, we'll make an hour, and then the next one's like an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> no, um, but uh, so in fact, it's not for me, it's community. There's a lot of people who say, oh, I listen to you when I'm jogging, uh, when I'm running. And I okay, that's fine. <laughs> I don't run. But uh, <laughs> you do. Uh, and uh, so it, for us, it was, um, we are used to talking to each other about, um, uh, we've written three books together, we used to talk to each other. So why not, you know, simply talk to the, talk to the mics. And um, so we barely, you know, I, I will tell Mike, Mike leads us off, and I'll say to Mike, yeah, this is where we're gonna go. <laughs> I said, this is what I'm gonna serve up as the first question. And then after that, it, it's not scripted. There's not even an outline. We just talk and drink sometimes. Talk <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, and it goes well. It does go well. Good tip. Uh, I would say it's a major network builder. It's very um, great. It, it's almost like global peer review in a sense, right? I, I've had people reach out to me and, and kind of comment on, on various episodes with, um, you know, both positive feedback and, and some constructive criticism, which I really actually appreciated. Um, and it teaches you all sorts of different skills, right? I was never into graphic design before I started the podcast as my logo will attest to that that is very like that's beta form i'd like to make it prettier someday um but you know now i'm into looking at graphic design and i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the podcast i probably wouldn't be pursuing my graduate degree even though i have had a lifelong passion for history um this gave me a sense of confidence that i don't think i would have had otherwise to pursue uh, graduate work so i think it teaches you so many things about yourself it teaches you it reinforces the skills that you already have um, i am not talented like kelly i cannot just go off script i have to write it down <laughs> um, so my writing has gotten better i i believe and uh yeah so I, I think it just it it really teaches you different things about yourself and you you find that you have a lot of fun kind of putting it together trying new things it lets you be creative in a space that you're somewhat comfortable with right so you're you're going outside your comfort zone because it's podcasting and you're putting yourself out there and that's a little weird um but you're in your wheelhouse right you're all experts in your in your subject matter so um definitely something worth pursuing yeah I think for Brian and I the, the attraction of, of a podcast is I think for a lot of people is you're telling a story and you're just, just like we're accustomed to with books with film television whatever it's just another medium to to share a story and you know, I'm sure everyone in this room, you know, probably remembers the first podcast you listened to. Uh, Brian, what was your, you did the NPR one? Yeah. On yeah, first Serial. First Serial, yeah, yeah, Serial, right? It's got, you got hooked, um, I think me, it was years ago, listening to Mark Maron's WTF mm. podcast, which again, that sort of attracted <laughs> me, because he's talking to people and, and letting them share their story. And I think for us, uh, the value of it is, you know, as historians, we are telling stories ultimately uh, in some sort of context, but the people who are putting those stories together, historians, you know, they've got a story. You know, how did they get in it? Uh, how did they get involved? What, what turned them on? 
you know, was it watching Zulu with my dad you know, when I was eight years old, late at night, whatever, um, that, you know, people are interesting, generally, uh, myself excluded. And so, so yes, yeah, so I think that's what kind of attracted us to, to, to doing this, and I think that's part of the value of a podcast. And I'll add one more quick thing. Uh, we have found that students really mm-hmm. get into this. They like podcasts, and they really like listening to people tell about how they became historians because they've never thought about it. And most of the time in a class, we don't share that story because we've got all this crap to cover, right? <laughs> and so, you know, they get, they get pretty turned on about it. And it's also a good way to pad plays. So do that. Students listen listen to the podcast. Well, that's a perfect segue. I want to you know ask everyone to talk about the decision to start a podcast. Uh, What was the deciding factor for you? And kind of talk to us about that getting started phase. And Bill, we can sure. (laughs) Um, So uh, some of you know that that you know at Georgia Southern University, where in Statesboro, Georgia. I, I actually live in South Carolina, in Spartanburg, so I have about a three and a half hour commute. And uh, so I listen to a lot of podcasts uh, and other things. So you know, I switched between heavy metal and podcasts. Um, that would but, be good together, Bill. Yeah, right? Where do you think I got the guitar riff? In the so anyway, I, uh, you know, as most of you know, in higher ed, uh, we're, we're kind of in a, I don't know, a trough of endless despair right now. And so we, you know, Brian and I were like, you know, we got we to gotta, find a happy place. Uh, you know, what, what can we do to, to kind of reinvigorate us, get us enthused again, that sort of thing. And I just came in one day for my, for my drive when I got there Monday morning, Brian's in his office and I always pop in to bug him. And I said, I said, we should do a podcast. And he's like, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, we should do a podcast. And then there was like five seconds of silence. <laughs> On what? <laughs> how, how do we do it? You know, what do, what do, what do you, what do we, let's buy cool microphones. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first thing we did before we did anything else, because we wouldn't look like we knew what we were doing. And so, but anyway, you know, we sat down and talked, and we started talking about, you know, people we know, because, you know, I've, Brian's been in, in this business for a while. I've been into it, been in it for a few months longer than him. And, you know, we, we just know a lot of people because we've been around the SMH and whatever for, for a long time. And, and, and we just know a lot of people that are just really interesting and have interesting stories. And we're like, why don't we just talk to people about, you know, how they got into this um, and see what happens. So that's kind of was the genesis. genesis. I can't remember how we came up with military insurance or people to <laughs> have forgotten. But, uh, someone but it, reminded me that I think in the first episode we say we're going to change the name. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> we never did. <laughs> right. We never did. So. Uh, yeah, so it was 2020, which was quite a historic year for a number of reasons. And I was chatting with a friend, a, a self-described hater of history, couldn't stand history, hated it growing up, hated it in school. And we were talking about the historic nature of the year. And he kind of made a comment of, you know, oh, I don't like talking about history, but I enjoy talking about history with you. And I looked him in his face, in his eyes, and I said, then you like history. You just haven't found your niche. So um, I was kind of batting that idea around and um, 
kind of seeing the the, the lack of, of civic knowledge in our in our society and I said okay I would like to get to people who don't think they like history but really they really do um, but I know adults are very busy and there's a lot of demands on our time so how can I hook somebody into the field with uh, you know with minimal uh, investment and was batting it around with my spouse and kind of came up with this idea of history in the time it takes you to drink a cup of coffee and that's how civics and coffee was born and so that's that's the hope with the show is that uh, you know once somebody stops listening to the episode that they want to learn more i'm that's i'm trying to get more students in seats in universities i'm trying to get more people interested in history so um that was kind of the origin of of the of the podcast it was i thought for sure i was going to do like a handful of episodes and it was going to be overwhelming and i wasn't I like it. It was my my sourdough bread, right? I know everybody was baking yeah, bread. The same way. We like, <laughs> if, if twenty people listen to this and it's mostly our families, yep, success. Yep, right. And we'll do five, and that'll be it. Right? Yep. We'll, 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 yeah, that's funny. Yep. And three years later, here I am. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were asked. I had never heard a podcast before. Um, <laughs> Peter approached us, medieval medievalist.net, and said, uh, "I'd like you guys to do a podcast." Uh, we, um, I met Mike when I went down to the Citadel for uh, the um, Mark Clark chair uh, for one year, and we become good friends. And we traveled in a couple of places together, and we traveled battlefields. And uh, so we decided to do the best, uh, not the best battle, the best known battle in the, for the first one, Battle of Hastings. And um, Peter called us up after the first week and said, it's been downloaded 2,000 times. Okay, that's pretty good. It might do better if we actually tell people about it. Um, <laughs> he, he has medievalist.net, and that's what the was getting there. Uh, within a month, we were up to to six to ten thousand, which is what we have regularly now. Six to ten thousand uh, listeners uh, across the world. So it it's pretty good. It, it uh, gets to people. And one of the things that I always remembered when I was on the History Channel. I'd say something like I was doing Alexander the Great uh, commentary on the movie, and somebody said, "Well, what, what would you have thought of Alexander?" I said, "I would have loved Alexander. I would have tried to do so from as far away as possible." And so, <laughs> and sure enough, as soon as I said that, I thought that's leading the show, and it did. And so, it's these kind of things that we that this is one of the reasons we don't script it is they would just off the cuff. So we would laugh. I, on Falkirk, we spent the first. 10 minutes talking about because I'd seen um, Battle, or seen uh, Braveheart, and then went to a conference on medieval warfare in England, and all they wanted to know was how bad Braveheart was. And so, you know, we were able to trash the uh, for a long time at the very beginning, and that's kind of what we do um, is we get, we try to get the, the questions, we try to talk to them about what we, what we can know out on Middle Bridge, we have no idea. But just uh, the other day, I had a young scholar. He says, "I'm just, he says, I'm just a high school um, student over in England." He says, "But could they? Could Max Sanchez have been doing this in Nobing Bridge?" And I thought, "Well, yeah, I may have it because uh, we don't know um, why Max Sanchez crosses the bridge to meet Constantine." And it was, um, and so those are the those are the type of things. That's when you realize, yeah, maybe it's helping, um, and you don't. You know, and and you want to get the truth out. So, you know, if you when I would go on History Channel, 
They said, well, you know, they aren't paying you any, which they didn't. And I said, yeah, but I want to get the truth out because they'll go get some drunken medievalist anywhere uh, to say things that they want to say. Um, so that was uh, kind of how we got into it. Well, and I like the way um, the way that you put it, Kelly, right? The idea that it's not about being scripted, it's about conversations. And that's mm -hmm. the, the way that we approach it for a better piece um, is it's about conversations, right? And we can, we can talk about different formats mm -hmm. of podcasts, right? There are podcasts that are that are telling a particular story. There are podcasts that are presenting particular information in digest form. But um, the, the podcasts are ideal for conversations. Um, and so like, we go into a show, usually I let people know in advance four or five broad topics we're going to discuss. And I say, we might not hit them in this order. We might not even hit them all. But this is what uh, I imagine we're probably going to get at. And then we let the conversation flow the way it's going to flow. Um, you know, I joked about the uh, radio show, but the you know, my model for these things are sort of ancient, uh, about ancient, ancient uh, alien civilizations, like old PBS um, uh, conversation programs, right? Of course, my, my model as a child was William F. Buckley Jr., so I learned to, to affect a highfalutin accent and terrible posture. <laughs> but that, that firing line is is my model. And that's uh, you know the you know, the idea when you have when you come on a better piece, right? I'm not on here to uh, to embarrass you. I'm not on here to try to catch you in something. Um, I want you to sound smart and me to sound smart, and everybody goes away thinking, "Wow, those are two smart people." <laughs> right? And that's that's the beauty of doing it. And, and I'm very lucky, and I'm, I'm glad we're recording this so I can say it, even though I gave. I gave Jackie a hard time for abandoning us, but Jackie Witt was a great is a great role model. But our um, we have we have one full time paid employee for a better piece, and that's Buck Haberichter, who's retired um, Air Force Colonel, who is our managing editor, who handles all the technical stuff and the editing. Um, that it makes it a lot easier for for me and for for the other hosts who are also volunteers of one kind or another. That um, that we're able to to try to create a product that is. Um, Listenable, yeah. and, and so that way, so the people keep coming back, and we try to, uh, you know, we, we try to make sure that we are rotating different types of content, so people will know that it's not always authors, it's not always military people talking about military problems, it's not always students, but it is sometimes all of those things, yeah. um, so that people feel like there's a there's a, a, a broad. We're, we're trying to build a big tent so that we can invite people to come. Uh, visit the circus regularly. Yeah. All right, so let me ask, you know, what makes uh, podcasting a valuable activity or a valuable outlet for historians? <clears throat> you know, why should everyone here in the audience today think about becoming a guest on a podcast or perhaps creating a show of their own? What are some of the benefits? <laughs> I mean, I, on, on the most basic level right there, uh, to get a chance to talk about your work, mm -hmm. right? It's especially for us, uh, and I know for, for a lot of podcasts now, right, thanks to COVID, Right. We had to learn how to do remote recording. In fact, now we're to the point where we do virtually all of our programs remotely using a uh, using a, 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 a an online platform. Um, we have the materials because we never had a studio per se, um, and so even when we were doing it, we were doing it in studio back in the old days. It was two people leaning forward over microphones in a classroom um, or or somebody's office, and so we're we we may get. Um, uh, we, we may get a studio room in the new building that's being constructed at the War College, and I'm, I'm as excited as anybody about that. But, uh, but in some ways, right, doing it uh, online means that you can bring people in without having to bring people in. Right? It used to be you know, we try to catch, when somebody came to visit 
the post, right? We'd say, hey, you have half an hour to sit down and talk. Now somebody can visit, you can meet them, you can find out whether they're, uh, whether they're willing to talk, and then you can say, when you get back home, you know, send me an email and we will set up a time to record. But it's, you know, you get a chance to talk about your work, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, even when we're, you know, you, as much as we, we, we do and should love teaching and teaching about other people's work, right, it is a big deal to find places to do it, right? And there are, there are only so many, there are only so many terrestrial or satellite radio shows. Um, and there are only so many opportunities, there are only so many of us who are going to get lucky enough to be sent on a book tour. Um, but to be able to appear on a podcast and talk about our work and to introduce ourselves as, as scholars and as people who like to talk about these things, I think that's <coughs> reasonable. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, knight, Knights in Shining Armor and Vikings and Crusaders are um, of great interest around the world. Um, it, you, you don't have to go very far and, and you'll find somebody who, oh, I, I really wanted to hear about 1066 William the Conqueror and so forth. And uh, so that's one of the reasons we did it. We've only had one guest on um, who was doing a, uh, had just done a book in uh, Sieges of Jerusalem. So of course, we talked about the Sieges of Jerusalem. But um, there are others that we now get requests that some of the um, scholars in the world will come on podcasts, and we do it remotely. Uh, so it doesn't really matter much. We're actually doing a live podcast um, on at the big medieval conference over in Leeds, England this summer. So that'll be different. Uh, have an audience would be something. Uh, and especially with the, we'll do a Q&A, uh, but we're bringing on uh, one of our friends who's done, who was in charge of the wounds on Richard III's body. So it, it will like, likely be um, a little bit about uh, military technology and also about wounds and, and a wound repair and a few other things. Um, that, so we just try to keep it uh, open. We'll announce the week before what we're going to do the next week. And um, I'll look about every two weeks we get one out. And uh, so, you know, students um, out there and, and just people of interest uh, can, um, can listen and find out a little bit about the subject. Uh, and yeah, we've had a couple of pieces of hate mail, but um, <laughs> usually, usually from other uh, military historians. Um, <laughs> Bill, I mean, sounds regular, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it is a great opportunity for you to come and geek out. Trust me, I love geeking out with uh, historians. Uh, you guys are all celebrities to me, so anytime I can have somebody come on the show, I am super excited and um, love to read new scholarship and ask you about your scholarship. And I've had a historian come on the show, and, and she did say she sees a, a, a difference in her book sales, and not that that's the reason why you guys write books, but hey, every little bit helps, I know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a safe space. Um, most podcast hosts are just really in awe of all of our guests. And so we really want to promote you. It's free advertising for you. We'll do all of the work in terms of, you know, guess who I just had on? Um, and it's, it's an opportunity just to, to help you build your network and <clears throat> And to learn new new scholarship and and to really talk about what is what makes you passionate. Yeah, um, I sort of think just the value of it. You know, like Ron was saying, you know, we, we always usually the last question we'll ask before we go into our 
you know, really badly named rapid fire <laughs> section, which turns out to be, we joke, a slow burn because Brian and I feel compelled to comment and judge on your responses. And it is our show after all, so we'll have to do that. But we, um, Brian does all the, uh, you know, we divide and conquer, so I take her production type stuff, editing, and, and Brian does the Google stalking and finding out about you and, and things like that. Uh, but we always ask about, you know, what, what, you, what are you working on? You know, what do you got coming out? What, what are you doing? What's the project you're working on? So, so the person has the opportunity to share, you know, what, what, what their work is. But what we, we've found after doing, I think we've got 60, I don't know, 62 or three episodes out now, is, you know, so many, one, the, the degrees of separation. Uh, you know, it's always either I know the person or Brian knows the person. We both do. Sometimes we don't know them, but we know somebody who does, right? And we find that out in the course of the, of the talk. Of course, nine times out of ten, Brian has met them in the archives. Uh, that's kind of our, our running gag is, you know, <coughs> well, didn't we meet in the archives in Freiburg, right? You know, and sure enough, right? But, but we find things about, you know, how, how many people that we all know were first-generation college students or uh, you know well how'd you end up at that you know for your, your PhD at that school what's well, the only place I got in and you're like wait a minute you that's you only got in one plate right so it, it's it's learning you know things like that which I think you know at least for for students and graduate students people thinking about getting into this that look you know we all we all we all we have all had various struggles and, and, you know, there's a lot of serendipity into how we ended up where we did and things like that. And, you know, we, we all have that in common. And, you know, I think that's a kind of a, a human thing to share. So that's kind of, I think, part of the value of doing this as opposed to doing, which we need to do, you know, rote historical subjects. I mean, I listen to history-based podcasts all the time because I want to learn more about whatever it is. But, you know, again, getting to the background of people who do these things, you know, and I don't remember anything about Kelly's. It's been so long ago, but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I know it's, it's Utah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The Utah connection, and everything. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so let's get to the question. I'm sure everyone is wondering, and we all wondered at one point. Uh, what advice do you have for anybody who's interested in starting a podcast? Um, what questions should they be asking? What kind of research? Um, what are some of the transferable skills that we already have that can be applied to this? Uh, Bill, lead us off. Sure. Um, so the joke with me on the thing is, is any idiot can do a podcast, um, and we prove it uh, every, every episode. We, we prove it. Um, yeah, it, it's the, you know the learning curve is pretty steep. At least it was for for us. I mean, I, I'm not that technologically savvy or anything like that. Like I said, you know, there was that moment of silence after we said, "Let's do a podcast," right? And, you know, get on YouTube, whatever. Oh, look, there's 60,000 things that tell you how to do a podcast, right? So apparently other idiots do this too. <laughs> um, so, so we'll be all right. But, yeah, it was, you know, as historians, you know, naturally we're researchers. You know, I think we can communicate pretty decently, that sort of thing. So, so we knew that we had that going for us, you know, that we could, we could craft this. And, and I, I also think that, you know, as, as scholars, you know, we were also creative people. And I think another reason why we both decided to do this is, is just another outlet for creativity. 
because uh, sometimes you get stale with writing or doing stuff like that. And this was just a different way to do it. But we, um, you know, learning how to, 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 to edit, to, to do those technological things, uh, you know, now I feel pretty comfortable doing those things. And now I'm sharing those things with, with my students because they're interested in those things, right? It's like, it's almost to the point where I'm gonna maybe commit the mortal sin of like, well, you know what? We're not gonna do a research paper this semester. You're gonna do a podcast. And they learn, they learn a skill and you're, you're gonna create a web page to put it on, right? So they learn that and, and, you know, and they're like, wait a minute, this old guy knows how to do that? <laughs> yeah, look, see? We did that <laughs> all by ourselves, right? Um, and yeah, so so I, th I think it's, it's the idea of imparting skills that you pick up with your students uh, and that sort of thing that I think we both both enjoyed. Real quick, we uh, we've had requests uh, over the, the last year or a half or so that we've been doing this for us to interview each other. Mm. And and so uh, last Wednesday in my American Military History course. Uh, we they, they listened to a couple of the pods, and it was really fascinating what they latched on to about the people and things like that. But uh, so I interviewed Brian in the class. We set up live and you know did a live recording in, in the class, and, and it was a lot of fun. And, and they had some good questions. You know they they they, they were into it and everything. And so uh, so but anyway, they got to see how you know the old cliche of how the sausage is made, right? <laughs> And, it, and it's very unexciting, um, but 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 we had we, we had a cool microphone, and that made it you know well I like these guys know what they're doing. Uh, and we didn't bring the soundboard. We have a soundboard in our little studio in our building that's not hooked up to anything. But we always make sure it's visible. <laughs> you know, so it makes wow, we got soundboard, you know. Yeah. yeah, I'd say um, ask yourself what's your mission. If it's to make money, stop. That's not going to happen. Not all of us can be as, as popular as, as Kelly. Um, but I think, you know, just know it takes time, obviously, as anything that historians do does. Um, so, and you all, uh, as Bill was saying, you your research, writing, uh, telling stories, those are all natural gifts, I think, of historians. So that part, I think, you have in the bag. Um, just know that it, it will take time and because you have to figure out you know, what you're going to talk about, you have to decide if you want to script it or if you want to have a conversation. Um, what I like about what I do is it's just me for the most part, unless I have a guest on. And so my time really is spent in the research and the writing, um, which makes it a little bit easier to edit when I flub, right? If I have a guest on, that complicates issues because now I'm editing myself and any ums or uts or buts that they might have had. Um, so we that can make, we can make them sound wonderful. <laughs> yes, yes. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. And so um, I think just know that it, it does take time. It is very rewarding, though. Um, and I think I would say start with listening to some podcasts and and see what others are doing and what you like. And you can incorporate those types of themes onto whatever you decide to do. Right. Um, we there's a, a podcast that I'm a, a big fan of that he welcomes guests from time to time and I just really appreciated his approach and I reached out to him and he was oh so gracious with some tips and some tricks and some ideas on how to do my first interview because I was very very nervous and um, but yeah it was it was great and know that there is a 
plethora of resources out there for you. Um, there are YouTubes literally showing you here, turn on your computer, here, turn on your mic, here, plug in your mic. This is the difference between a condenser mic and a USB mic. So um, there's lots of tools out there for you if you're really willing to go and go into that deep dive. And I'll just add a, a personal note there, you know, the, as I've mentioned to, to begin with, uh, Bill and Brian and Alicia, the, the podcast community is a very welcoming place. Uh, they they all welcomed me to this as I started about a year ago, so almost coming up on a year uh, for my show. So as you you know start to to listen to shows and, and enjoy those shows, and if you're, you're having this thought process like we all do, you know, I, I could do that, you know, then, then reach out to those folks and, and like Alicia said, ask some questions or get some tips from them um, and they've they, I, I guarantee you they'll be glad that you that you reached out and they'll be glad to, to help you so but don't do what Philip did because <laughs> his he, he so his first episode was talking to me and Brian that's right that's right and I'm like dude you want to kill this thing right out of the gate? <laughs> right? there was nowhere to go but up right? exactly but yeah right and he's done that I mean he's excelled he's doing great but but we were really thrilled to, to do that but it, but yeah you're right it's yeah. It's it's just reaching out and yeah. you know learning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah uh, we do things a little bit differently because we don't do any of the editing, um, and that's all done by our producer and uh, done away from us. Mike, uh, my um, partner has a has a nice mic set up. I speak to the computer and just use the computer, um, but a lot of this has come out of uh, me doing interviews. Uh, on TV back then, and um, now don't have to actually dress up or anything, <laughs> you know, no makeup, um, all of this stuff. But uh, it and it just seems to work. Uh, well, what I think, what to me drives our podcast, and what is, and what is definitely going out because I I listen to it, but I have friends who listen to it, um, and they is that um, we're having fun. And they're having yeah, fun. Yeah. So, you know, it's, we're talking about, you know, a battle where a thousand people are going to die. But you can joke about certain things. Um, even if, you know, the joke about the perception of William Wallace, for example. You know, <laughs> what happened to the, the Edinburgh Castle tour after by Braveheart came out? That was just hilarious. Um, they changed it from an anti-British tour to an anti-William Wallace tour, to an anti-Mel Gibson tour. So we just had a lot of fun and we come up with things. We get serious, we talk about <clears throat> the deaths, we talk about the, the men, we said, you know, never, never forget that there is, uh, you know, nameless soldiers that are dying out there. Um, and nameless especially because we are dealing with sources that are really, really um, narrow, um, narrowly focused. The Battle of Millie Bridge has no sources on it. You have to use the latest written sources where Constantine has seen God in the heavens and the, puts up the Cairo monogram and you have to uh, look at the Constantine monument, the Constantine arch in Rome and that's how you get the battle out. So we always at the end we end up with uh, okay what would you like? If you were a historian you could get anything about this battle, what would you like to have as a piece of evidence? And um, it's kind of that, that, it also shows how, how much of it is just interpretation, um, uh, how much of it in, in, uh, is, uh, you know, 
who are attempting to get to the core of a battle or a siege or a, a naval battle and um, find out what, why it is that that battle was fought, why it is that those men were, were dying. Uh, and Joan never died in battle, so men. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it answers some questions for us too because we're, we're sharing ideas. Well, and, and that I think is the is is the nub, right? Is the to bring in that enthusiasm for sharing. Right? This is my if I break a lance in favor of the importance of teaching and the evaluation of academics. It's because if you cannot communicate your ideas to other people, then what the hell good are they? Right. Um, uh, that's why we, that's why we should also praise good writing. It's also a good thing, right? Good clear writing, but good clear conversation about your work. Yeah. Um, if I'm able to communicate the fact that I'm bringing people on the show because I think this is something worth talking about. Not just something worth hearing, but something worth talking about. And I think that's what podcasts can be, that kind of medium for that for conversation. And that's where, when you think about you, your enthusiasm, you know, don't start a podcast unless you really feel like you want to do this more than once. Right? If, you, if there's one thing you really want to say, then seek out an existing podcast and see if you can get on as a guest. Right? Um, but if you're actually willing to have multiple conversations on multiple topics, both within and outside of your wheelhouse, just because you want to bring it out, then, then that's what you should think about doing. I mean, the, the number of podcasts that exist is staggering. The number of podcasts that have been started is even more staggering, <laughs> right? The number of podcasts that, are, that continue beyond the second or third episode, yeah, that's somewhere in between, right? Mm -hmm. Staggering and not so staggering, because there's, there's a lot of attrition. Um, in these numbers, I mean, there's a there's a podcast that I really like. I won't I won't specifically name it, but there's a podcast I really like that is about a particular ancient author, which is really terrific. Um, and the person who created it, right, came out like a house of fire with uh, with uh, episodes almost every week. Um, but now um, it's months between episodes, and I know that's just kind of what happens, right? Life life gets in the way. So when you're thinking about doing a podcast, think about you know, what is my support network for continuing this? Do I have other colleagues that I can uh, rope in by flattering them that you think they're smart and, uh, and are boring so that you can get them to do some work too? Um, are you going to find the, the technical support that you need? Um, what does your institution think about this kind of work? I mean, I think you can make, I mean, let me, hopefully, right, for all at uh, degree-granting institutions one kind or another, right? I wish that for all of us. Um, that if you have a faculty position, um, this should be work that your institution finds a way to value, right? Uh, if you're going to discover that your institution thinks that it's a complete waste of your time, or that it's something that you're doing purely on your own, then you should probably take a minute and look in the mirror and think really hard about whether you want to do it. Um, now, if you need people to go to your institution and explain to them how important it is, please contact anybody on this panel and <laughs> happy to do that. Because I do think that there are lots of arguments you made for podcasts as an important part of external service and scholarship. Mm -hmm. I, will, I will repeat that. External service and scholarship and a little bit of internal service too if you're actually bringing in members of your own department. That these are the kinds of arguments that academics who podcast need to uh, polish and make so that their institutions understand the value of this work. I'm sorry, Kelly. No, I just said the uh, AHA uh, only two weeks ago, three weeks ago, came out with a list of um, how, how ranking scholarships, how they would rank 
um, scholarship among historians, and they sent the department's uh, podcasting made it on. It is low down. Um, it is, you know, you can almost hear the people at the American Historical Association spitting up the podcast on there. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is getting there. And having been one who has written letters for um, colleagues um, as the worst department chair in the history of department chairs, uh, I can tell you it becomes a little bit difficult if that is the only scholarship. Yeah. And so I would never say to anybody, just do a podcast. Um, and we, Mike and I consider it service. I don't even think we report it as scholarship. Um, and um, and that's basically what it is: a service to the service to the field. Yeah. Well, just to, we're going a little bit out of order here, but I do want to ask. You know, we, we've touched on it slightly. Um, the the utilization of podcasts in the classroom, outside of the classroom. Ron, we can start with you and, and go back this way. Sure. Talk about the different ways that podcasts can be used by instructors, by students. Um, start there. One way that we have tried to cut, uh, to, to uh, sort of intentionally use the podcast is um, to have people on who are experts on authors that we know the students are going to read. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we have. We have a, a, a series, uh, a regular series on a better piece where we talk about great strategists. So, you know, people can uh, we get somebody to talk about Thucydides, talk about Clausewitz, talk about Thomas Schelling. Right? We've tried to, that's one way to do it is to have. You guys are still reading Thomas Schelling? Come on! Right. Nuclear strategy is the most important subject that well, that uh, few that too few people know about. How's that for everybody? And I'm not, I'm not just looking at the dean of my college, who's also an uh, important historian of nuclear strategy. When I say, but um, but it's but I will say that that so one of the things is if there are particular topics that you know you're going to cover in class, right? Have have somebody who's an expert if there are. Uh, so that students, because you know, there's only so much you can assign as far as reading, and so this is you know, to give a little more insight to a little something. That's one way to do it. Um, the other one is to have students come on to talk about their academic work. You know, to have your students from your institution talk about their theses, talk about their research, um, is a good way to encourage students, you know, to encourage current and future students to see what it is that students can do. So those are two big things right there. Uh, um I don't know. I don't even know whether any of my students know I do a podcast. Um, <laughs> they every once in a while they'll come across because they'll look for me in, on uh, uh, online and they'll find bow and blade listed up on the top, and uh, it's on my Wikipedia page and things like that. But I and but they always come in and say, "Wow, you do a podcast too." It's like you know I've set a new standard for them. <laughs> and, uh, um, so it's, it, I haven't even thought about that, about publicizing it. We, I mean, it gets publicized on Facebook, it's publicized on other things, um, but more or less it's just gathered its audience on its own. Um, and that's what, that's all good podcasts. If you're not gathering an audience, if you're not continuing to gather audience, then you might as well turn yourself off because you're not doing a very effective podcast. Uh, and that, that's kind of the way it does. I don't do it in the classroom. We're doing it at home. So we have to find a few different times that we, we can uh, meet, um, even remotely. And uh, so it's, it's building an audience. And that's what we were setting out to do, both to interest 
both interest um, listeners in the history of medieval warfare and also to perhaps get them thinking about various things because we have no problem saying, yeah, we have no idea um, or, or differing between the two of us. And so we'll get it right. Like the letter I got just the other day that says, I think I've figured out why Max had just crossed the bridge. And now I know there's one young man over in England who's thinking about something that he had not thought of before. And he's now got Constantine. He's going to read about Constantine. He's going to read about the conflict between Constantine and Max Edgerton. Read about the fall of Rome. All these things that pertain to that. And that really is the goal we've got: is to is to in, uh, interest uh, new um, put people in seat in seats is what they used to say. But I don't care if they're laying on the couch or listening <laughs> or running or whatever, you know. Uh, it, and it has been fulfilling in that way. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great primer for discussions. Um, you know, if you're wanting to talk about a specific topic in your lecture and you find a podcast that you feel like has hit the high points really well, I think that's a great little homework assignment that you can to give to students. Um, I think it also helps students understand maybe harder primary sources. Um, there are, you know, students who, for whatever reason, can't follow the Constitution, for example. I, I know that that's not really something that we would consider very hard to understand, but I do have junior high and high school uh, history teachers who have reached out and said that the episodes that I've done have kind of helped them really understand what these uh, these men were, were writing about so long ago. Um, and also, you know, they're accessible, right? By and large, podcasts are free. So if we're talking about being inclusive of students and understanding the diversity of their backgrounds and they might not be able to afford a text and maybe it's not available in the university library and they can't get it on a loan somewhere else, um, you know, that's a nice supplement because they don't have to come out of pocket. They just have to have internet access, which in and of itself can be its own barrier, but um, it's, I think, a lot easier to listen to a, a, a 25, 30 minute, two hour podcast <laughs> than, um, than maybe it is trying to find a book and come up with that money to, to, to read some scholarship, so. Yeah, I started out initially using our own podcast, just offering it as extra credit, again, to pad place. <laughs> but no, really, I mean, just extra credit. You know, you miss a couple of quizzes. Okay, listen to a couple of these and I'll, I'll replace the first grade, right? Something like that. And, and they do like a two-page brief on it. And, and what I found very quickly, and Brian's experienced this too, is just the depth of how just what they get into it and they just what they latch on to about the people, about you lot. Um, I had a student the other day who, you know, was reading her, uh, her paper, and, and, and this has happened more than a few times, but, you know, several of our guests, uh, you know, how'd you get into history? Well, you know, American Girl Dolls, right? And, and she's like, well, God, you know, I had, I had that exact same one as this, part, as this historian did, <laughs> you know, and that person also did this, this, and that. I'm interested in this and that. We could be best friends, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, 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 you know, I copied the paper and, you know, took her you know, name off of it and sent it to the guest in question. I said, hey, you got a fan, 
Uh, you've inspired somebody, right? Yeah. And so I, I think that has a value. I, but I'm increasingly more looking at not just our podcast, obviously, but, but other podcasts as teaching tools and to, to include those. Like on, on our on my courses on the, on the learning management system, everything I put on, you know, I, I, I went through the phase like we all we have you know, YouTube stuff, right? There's some good YouTube stuff out there. But now I'm leaning more toward podcasts embedding those in there because they can download them they can listen to them whenever you know it's the ease of access and and they seem to really get into it um so and yeah and i've had a couple of people email me you know, other you know professors and graduate programs saying that uh you know like you were saying they the student will they're, they're going to be talking about so-and-so's book and they just Google and we pop up that we've interviewed, you know, and they'll listen to it and they come in with all this cool information. <laughs> like, you know, what their favorite band is and stuff like that. The important and, stuff. And, and the other students are like, why'd you find that? <laughs> so, I, I don't know, there, it's, there's a place for it. And I, and I think it's, you know, it, it's like, for those of us in the room who've been at this for a while, we've seen this evolution of what students, what we think they should be looking at and what students will actually look at, right? And there's kind of a gap there. <laughs> and, and I'm coming around to, if this is what they want, I'm going to try to manipulate this so that they'll get what I want them to get through the medium they're going to deal with. Uh, you know, and in other words, I'm not going to fight it anymore. And, and podcasting, I think, provides that. Yeah. 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 It is interesting because there's some other things that come out of it. <clears throat> now I get paid. So Mike and I get paid by um, Peter, who's getting paid from the advertising that is on um, with the podcast and, and announced the podcast and everything. But the other day, I, well, a month and a half ago, I opened the Ar Arlington Museum of Arts exhibit on the night because they'd heard me on the podcast. So they brought me down and, uh, and I gave them a lecture on how shiny it was the night. Uh, so the answer, the answer is not fair. Well, no. Was, yeah, they were pretty shiny. They were pretty shiny. Yeah, they were pretty good I most mean, of the time. I, I will say because that's one of, one of the things too is, uh, and I, I don't want to jump in on the questions, but the, the worst thing you can do that we can do as historians in general when we're trying to engage the public is if we are, you know, it's it's Debbie Downer time with history. You know? No, it really wasn't like that, right? You know. The, because no, it might not have been exactly like that. But yeah, maybe they were. They were. They were. Uh, they were completely unshiny. It's not all. It's not all. No, no. It's not all Jabberwocky. But that. But that precisely that uh, that interesting way. How do you engage with the public where you're trying to complicate their stories, but it's also not. You know, it's hey, it's time for buzzkill historians. Uh, let's talk about how everybody you thought was great in history was really. Awesome. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Somebody ought to do that. Nobody else. <laughs> Yeah. You know, but it's because engagement means being willing, to, being willing to talk about these things, the good and the bad. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to do a couple more things, and then we want to hear from all of you with, with any questions that you may have. Uh, but I'll start with Ron again, and, and what has surprised you the most about the world of podcasting? And we'll, we'll start there. Oh, man. Uh, what has surprised me the most is, is, uh, is here, I thought 
Uh, I thought everybody in podcast was as big of an insufferable uh, know-it-all as I am, and it turns out there are a lot of nice people in there. So that's, that's, a, that's been a very positive And then there's experience. us. And then there's us. But um, I, I guess it, it took me a while to understand just how, how, how different different types of podcasts are. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people who uh, have only started to do it. Because I think my first introduction to podcasts was li essentially just listening to the recorded versions of rate of shows that I already listened to, like, uh, you know, like PB uh, NPR shows. Once they became podcasts, that then I didn't have to try to remember when they were on the radio. Um, or I listened to uh, old radio dramas, which if you're not listening to old radio dramas, you should because they're awesome. Right? <laughs> um, and that got me actually into um, into narrative historical podcasts, which uh, are telling a story. And that got me into interviews and all that sort of thing. So understanding the the variety of the types of programs was really uh, is is really refreshing, and that that the 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 developments in technology that have made possible uh, the proliferation of podcasts um, has has really been a net gain for uh, for a lot of types of discourse. And I think that that's that's been a really good thing to sort of rediscover every time I every time I listen to a new podcast like you know Civics and Coffee. <laughs> and you get to control the medium. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things I really like because, you know, we've uh, those of us who have been on History Channel shows, um, uh, got another one coming out fairly soon called Dark Technology. Um, so I had to go on and talk about Nazis and castles and Viking weapons, uh, all sorts of different things, uh, guillotines. Um, it, it, I couldn't control it. Uh, they're going to ask me questions, they're going to add it down. I'm not going to. Well, I am going to get a chance to listen to it because I put it in my contract that I have to listen to it first. But um, you get to control it. Uh, and that's kind of nice because to us, it really wasn't much more than a transition to what we were doing literally at bars or at restaurants. And we just took that right to it. And, uh, you know, and it's like I said, we get people who, who said, oh, you know, what are you going to drink next week? It's going to be a secret. It is a secret because I don't have no idea. <laughs> the future is hidden from all of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I have no idea. But um, it, it's what I've found surprising, too, is how receptive um, audiences are. Yeah. And the questions we get back, because of every five we have a Q&A, the questions we get back are tremendous. And the ideas we get back are tremendous. Uh, and they'll ask questions that can't be solved by one battle. So they'll ask about leadership, they'll ask about recruitment, or they'll ask about logistics, or they'll ask about uh, weapons. Uh, and that we can do the Q&A, which then also mixes it up so it's not straight, you know, let's go over how many people died here, let's go over the tactics and things like this, uh, to really having some very interesting conversations on, on recruitment. And how that changed, and what do we do? I mean, um, you know, what do we deal with? We're dealing with janissaries, for example. Yeah. Are they slaves? Are they, you know, are they captive peoples? But are they slaves? And um, and it, it's worked out nicely. I'd say, despite 
the fact that there is a bit of a learning curve in terms of some of the technology and software and stuff, it is easier than I thought. Um, I did have maybe one or two mini meltdowns. Um, my spouse who's in the audience probably thinks it's probably a little bit larger than a mini meltdown, but I consider it a mini meltdown. Uh, but it's actually, once you get the hang of it, it, it's very easy. I press record, I do my thing, I have a flow. Um, and also the community is so supportive. So whether it's historians, authors, listeners, fellow podcasters, everybody is willing to help. Everybody is willing to give you feedback. Everybody's willing to work with you, give you tips, give you, you know, some insight. And it makes the experience so, so enriching. Um, and will give you, I think it warms your soul, right? As much as social media can be a cesspool these days. Uh, I love my my Twitter story and hashtag, and I love all of my podcasters because it, you all are wonderful, fabulous people, and it, it really makes my day. Yeah, I, what, that was positive. I like <laughs> um, it just made me think, <clears throat> there's, we, we've enjoyed, I think, all of our episodes that we've done. And, and of course, we've got a list as long as, you know, we'll never get there, but, because um, there's just so many of you to, to talk with. But uh, there's been a couple that, you know, literally my face hurt after an hour and a half of talking with this person because I was smiling the whole damn time. Because it was just so much fun. And they were so interesting, you right? And, of course, we don't use the video for it. We use, you know, Brian takes screenshots that we put on the Twitter and that sort of thing. But um, speaking of all that, we do have all the video from Zoom and all the audio, so we can come up with a hell of a blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when we're done, you know, like we're about we're retiring and kicking off. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the big thing is is we're always learning. Yeah. Uh, just it's like with what we do normally, you know, we're just always learning, and uh, we're always thinking about the format. The you know, should we do this? Should we do that? Um, you know, we've pared it back from when we began. I don't know. There are some of the episodes were like an hour and forty minutes or so. I mean, guys, Stu Mitchell just you know, we didn't want to stop. And anyway, you know, we said, okay, we gotta we gotta cut this back a little bit, right? And so we figured out, you know. The way to manipulate it and do it, and so, but still achieve what we want to achieve, and so so the learning, just always learning, uh, has been great. And you know, like Brian, you know, listen to other podcasts, and I'll, I'll just try some out just to see how they do it, and and yeah, I'll poach, done right, <laughs> um, you know, and try to learn, you know, something new. But yeah, I think just the constant learning, and I think that's for me personally is what I've enjoyed about it. You know, number one is just the people we talk with. I just really enjoy it. I love that. But two, it's it's a it's a creative outlet for me personally. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess at this particular time in my life, I need it compared to what I've been doing for the last 25, 30 years. And you know, that's that has been fun. And of course, I have the luxury of being a tenured full professor, like Brian is now. Um, and you know, I don't care what my university thinks about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I really don't. I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing it for that. I'm not doing it for that. I'm not doing it for that, my annual faculty evaluation. Yeah, I'll put it on there. But, you know, I, I don't, I have that luxury, right? And I think that, but that also contributes to my, 
joy and ability with it for to be creative and have, have fun with it. So let's not get, not get into conflict of interest forms. <laughs> yes, let's not talk about those. <laughs> All right, so let me do one more question, then everyone be getting your questions ready. But uh, let's let's do thirty seconds. If you had one thing that you wanted to convey to everyone today, um, what would that be? And Bill, start with you. Um, do it because you want to have fun, and that's why we do it. Enthusiasm is contagious, and we are just as big a dorks as any of you. <laughs> well, I I did a lot of interviews with Game of Thrones. I was the medieval consultant for Game of Thrones, not the real one, but for all the newspapers and all the critics and everything else. And I would have to end every um, sentence with, and then there's a dragon. Uh, so I just, I just love to be able to talk about uh, medieval history and not say, and then there's a dragon. <laughs> one of my favorite German aphorisms is, I sing because I have a lead, not because it's you. In other words, I sing because I have a song to sing and I don't care what you think about it. Um, uh, a little bit of that goes a long way, right? You know, yeah. that, yes, you do want to reach your audience, but sing because you have a song you want to sing. Yeah, very good. Well, thank you guys for doing this. Uh, thank you all for being here. And uh, we want to open it up for any questions you have. I'll do my best to repeat the questions so that we get it on the recording. Um, but please, please just jump right in and, and let's go. Yeah. Um, so I want to start doing a podcast instead of recording my lectures for my online classes. So because there's something that's intimidating and time consuming about, okay, am I dressed? Can I do this or, you know, versus just wanting to put my uh, earbuds in and do it. But I hate the sound of my voice. And so oh, how, preach. Do you, preach. how do you get over yeah. that, you know, to be able to, to oh. talk and, and get through it and then you have to go through and edit out all the ums and uh and you know, right. those types of things. How do you, how do you get past that, that boundary there? That's a great question. So to, to ask about the increasing the comfort level or getting used to the recording process, anybody want to jump in? I'll, I mean, yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I can't stand the sound of my voice recorded. I just can't stand Brian's brilliant. <laughs> I don't, I don't listen. I don't listen. And he, yeah, so we, he, yeah. But, so I, I used to listen to them all, you know, like in the car or whatever, but I don't anymore because I edit. So I've already listened to it. And I've already fixed it and, you know, cut out all the ums as much as I can. And I hate it when we have people who never say um once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are never like, brought on the show again. Right? Yeah. I want to hunt them down. I mean, I'm like, no. um, yeah. So it's, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, you just get used to I, yeah. You just get used to it. I, and and I, we, we mentioned doing um, your. God damn it! Now I'm, that's all I'm thinking about. You have to cut that part out. <laughs> so you mentioned doing you know lectures, right? Recording your lectures, and that's what we're all encouraged to do when we have moved online and we teach online. Record your lecture. Let me tell you, you want to you want to buzzkill a student online? Record a lecture. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's not effective. But if you make it into a podcast, you fool them, <laughs> and they'll listen to it. It's like it's like it's like mashing up vegetables and mixing them in your child. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can fool but, but, them. And yeah, it'll work. I, I guess yeah. I, I I love voices. 
right? This is, and I've realized this gradually over time, that I, I, I love the way different voices sound, right? And, and I'm not going to pretend I don't love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Y'all have only known me for 40 minutes, and you can tell I love the sound of my own voice. But, but you're, um, uh, you don't have to love it. You don't have to love the sound of your own voice. Um, you know, I can tell you, you sound good from here. So, you know, if that, you know, then you can, so you can, you know, so you can tell that to yourself. That, uh, you know, I really think that uh, an awareness, it, it's about that feeling that that's a person making those noises coming through my earbuds, right? That that's a person, and that, that, and that that person doesn't sound exactly the same as every other person, right? This, I think, is the, the beauty of the, the technological revolution of the past 50, 60 years. Is there, we've gotten away from the idea of a, a national broadcaster who tells everybody there's only one accent that's allowed on, this, on these airways, right? Instead, that, we, that, that, that people can sound differently, and they can all sound I just tell you, just ask your mother what she thinks. Um, take your comments, uh, you know, uh, or your friends, you know, you know, they'll tell you to sound good. Just go with it. Um, I think that uh, we leave the ums in um, because ours is a conversation, and so it would be unnatural if we took them out. And uh, uh, there is one, you know, there were one or two times we stopped. Um, <laughs> Especially embarrassing one for me because I'd written the book on Joan of Arc, and I had the uh, I had uh, Orleans on the wrong side of the Loire River, and so Mike stopped. He goes, "It's on the other side." Well, I was totally embarrassed, I, so we just put a, a kind of a verbal note in there. Peter, cut that out. Uh, he says, "I was so tempted to leave that in." That's what Brian does. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know. It, it, Believe me, the, the sound of your voice is the least thing you want to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, or, you can worry about because you're in a mic, you know, it, it's not going to sound like you think it sounds anyway. But the other thing is, there's, there's a lot of, you got to remember, we have to have the Wikipedia page open just to get the name, in names, dates, and places right. Uh, but otherwise, uh, you know, we go we go with our own interpretation. Yeah, I'd say it's it's not it's not how you think your voice sounds; it's the attitude of your voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. That's what matters. And yeah. Enthusiasm yeah. is, it, and that it's it's what sells in the classroom. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you're enthusiastic in the classroom, you're going to be enthusiastic in a podcast. Yeah, if you're dull in the classroom, yeah. yeah. On that, this is kind of continuing on. How do you recommend starting a podcast? Do you have any tips for just? Hit the button and go. Do you like to have the conversation already going while you started, or you because we have a, a we have a Patreon, um, so we have we are being uh, produced and sponsored by Medulist.net. So we have a, a little spiel on uh, at the very beginning from that has been written for us, and and then a little spiel at the end that's been written for us, and everything else is in between. But for me, it was the. You know, we're, we're at the bar. So the first question is, what are you drinking tonight? Yep. And that then, you know, goes a long way. So the so question, how do you start? How do you open an episode? Anybody else want to jump in? We do a disclaimer up front just because we felt like we should. Because a lot of our guests, you know, government, whatever, and, mm. it, you know, puts everybody at ease. And, and then I got the crazy idea of, I pretend to play the guitar, and I got the crazy idea of doing some riffs, you know, so we could have Muzak, right, for, for the thing. And, and 
and you know how to weave that in we fade it in and fade it out and then for a long time we just we would just start talking and and so i would just fade in whatever you know we're, we're like we're talking about our dogs or something like that and it just kind of fades in and i don't know the last few i've tried you know just you know welcome the military historians of people too and all that quite frankly i don't like that <laughs> yeah that's right yeah we would pre-record the introduction because people would then join the Zoom while yeah. we were trying to do. So the father was just like, let's just do the intro with them here. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. Right? And that works a lot better. Yeah. So that's kind of, because then there's also, how do you end it? Right? As well. And so we, you know, we, we typically just fade out with saying, you know, goodbye and, and, and then more music. And then, then we have like production notes at the end that, you know, Brian does the Google stalking. I do the music and the editing. Thanks for listening. Check out our swag shop. Uh, as a solo show, I would recommend uh, figuring out, you know, do a couple of test runs with yourself yeah. and figure out what you like. I you, everywhere, every YouTube video that you look at says, "Oh, just go off the cuff." And I, I'm sorry, historians, we need to know names, dates, places. Like I, I'm, I am not an encyclopedia. I don't have that just readily available. So I did try with just kind of a couple of bullet points of things I wanted to say, and I was a nervous wreck, and it was, uh, 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 and I just felt like I sounded really unintelligent, and so I started writing. And um, the one thing I will say is writing for a podcast is very different than academic writing because you want to be more conversational, a little less looser, right? And that takes a little bit of skill. So I know the first episode that I wrote and I recorded, I sent it to a friend of mine and she said, where is Alicia? You, you sound very buttoned up. You sound very stiff. This is very boring. And if the whole point of your show is to get people engaged, there's no you there. So that would be my recommendation is test it out, listen to it, see what you like. And as somebody who has some severe imposter syndrome, just listen for the content. That's what I do. I just make sure, okay, I didn't mess that up. I said that name right. I have that date correct. Um, and that's how I get through it. And, and to, when we do, uh, for, the, for Better Peace, we have um, music... And we have we have a pre-recorded welcome to a better piece that, that with the disclaimer. But I start every conversation with uh, a with an introduction, and I've over the years I've uh, you know and it's and it's script a scripted introduction. But I've got they've gotten shorter over time. You try to keep it a hundred words is a minute, and so if you if you got uh, there's something to think about when you're writing when you're recording your lectures, right? Um, that. Uh, uh, to, to make sure that you have something that winds things up and, I, and, and that, that gets things going, and I will say, right, that goes back to goes back to firing. The, that's the way the host starts the show, right? It says something and then flows right into the introduction of the guest and the first question of the guest. Ending it is a little more complicated. One of the interesting things about if you watch a lot of episodes of Firing Line on YouTube, like I do, is how many of them just kind of end because, like, somebody somebody gets Buckley's ear and says "Time's up," and he uh, and it's 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 a weird thing. Try not to do that. So I try to go, and I have a, I have a I have a variation on the outro that I do live with every conversation. And Buck and I have a running joke because I always make a joke about subscribing to a better piece, and I say because after all, after hearing this conversation, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Buck's always rolling his eyes and saying, "But but that's that's something to do." And and, uh, and always end the same way, right? You know, until next time from the war room, I'm Ron Bernary, right? That's that's a fun, you know, you know if, if it's your show, man, make it fun, right? That's make, right. Make, make it yours. 
Well, and I'll just jump in there because uh, I, I have a guest every time, so I, I do an interview every episode. And so I, I ask them for a bio, a, a brief bio, and I use that as my introduction. So I would just say, welcome to Modern Scholar. I'm very excited for the conversation today. I have so-and-so with me, and we go into the bio, and then, then we start the conversation. So just kind of find what works for you. So, yeah. Just to, I did um, History Minute for our local PBS Ooh, station nice. for like 10 years. I have 55 seconds. 55 yeah, seconds. So that's uh, like 90, 90 words. Right? Well, I, crazy. well, and here's what I would say is that little old ladies would come up to me in town and say, you talk so fast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I understand every word you say. So to this question, I think that the elocution is, is more important than what your own voice sounds like. And I can't say on my own voice. Uh, the other thing I did was what you mentioned was that um, I had to write and uh -huh. I had to say it out loud, uh -huh. yeah. uh, so I knew it was conversational. And then, I, popular enough that I had my deputy write it for me, and I was <laughs> delivering up stuff that I wanted to deliver. And I would send him back. I can't read this, you know. Here, let me tell you how we do this, you know, uh -huh. and, and how to do name dates. Yes, it's different. You have to do a different way so you can hear it right. And so those are the things I just. But if I read them out loud myself, I could hear it. I said, okay, that's the right way, or I'd re-edit it again. But just yeah, but pitch by seconds. Yes, sir. <laughs> Oh, either way, yes. Um, I have a question about accessibility. Mm -hmm. um, I am not able to listen to a podcast longer than about 15 or 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, how do you incorporate the transcription? Where do you, like, say, like, where do you put it up? All of that information. Because, like, I would love to know what podcasts longer than 20 minutes are about, but right. I can't. That's a good question. So, question about accessibility and transcription. Anybody want to? Yeah. Well, as somebody who writes her show, it's fairly seamless for me. I throw up my script. There are occasionally I have to make sure I reread it because I will put out some phonetical spellings on some difficult names for me. So I do have to go back and delete that, but I throw it up on my website. I'm not as caught up, but that's, I throw it on there. It's civicsandcoffee.com. You can go to the, the episode, you can read the transcription, you can see the sources that I use, you can listen to it from the website. Um, because I did try to keep accessibility at the forefront of my mind to make sure that everybody, regardless of where they're coming from, can enjoy what I have to say. And I have, I mean, ours is on, is on medievalist.net, so he does the advertising, does everything. But it's, it's also a streaming that you can cut off and come back to. So um, you could do 20 minutes, you could do ours, you know, 20 minutes um, bits and then, uh, uh, and stop and even go back 10 seconds and, and so forth. And then, I mean, what about for someone who's deaf or hard hearing? Um, I have no idea. Doesn't Zoom do live transcription? Uh, Zoom does, YouTube does a lot of uh, captions. I, I have a YouTube channel, they do a lot of captions. But yeah, I guess it's just something that like, yeah. for the longer ones especially, um, yeah, I can break it up, I can get there. But someone who is hard of hearing, uh, That's a great question. We, we've been experimenting with different uh, services uh, to get a trans uh, a good transcription. The, the hardest thing is, is you can get the sort of the, the <laughs> there, there are easy ways to get a rough, a rough transcription, but if you want that transcript to read like somebody will understand what the hell's going on, right? Then you need somebody else to do a little bit of editing, and that's that's one of the things we're still we're still working on. Is we and, and we we we're, we've gotten to the point with our process that we've been able to figure out how to get the transcript and have people go over them or have, have our editors go over them. But we're we're having to go back to our back catalog and try to see if we can do that for all of them. So it's a it's an ongoing process, precisely because right, you want to reach the widest possible audience. Brian, did you? I was going to say I I 
found accidentally online, uh, there's a program called Listen Notes, and you have to subscribe. But we had nothing to do with it. And transcripts for all, all of our podcasts are, are on there if you subscribe to Listen Notes. Um, so I think this is happening just because of AI. You know, they can they take anything and just you know, transcript really quickly. So uh, it's out there. Yep. All right, one more, and I think, yes, sir. Um, so, okay, so the, 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 the serious part of the question is, um, as you look across the, the history and military history podcast field, what are the gaps that you would like to see somebody come in and fill? What are the you know, either temporal or geographic or, or particular subject? And the less serious part, why should it be pre-modern in East Asia? <laughs> so, so, question about gaps in the military history or the history podcast space. Anybody want to jump in? I mean, I'd say that the gaps in the space are uh, a large part of the, the gaps that exist in the scholarship. Right? I don't think we have enough on pre-modern East Asia. So there you go. I mean, I think that you know we, you know, there is we there. You know, I'm a Europeanist. Um, it's well plowed ground. I still think that you know a lot of good work can be done in the subject, but not everybody needs to do Europe. Um, uh, uh, and uh, but I think that. This is where trying to get into a, 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 a habit of bringing in as many different types of people doing as many different types of things as possible. Right? As, as of right now, there should not be any subject that anybody's going to say, oh, we don't need a podcast at all. <laughs> Frankly, you might as well say we don't need podcasts at all, which you're not allowed to say. <laughs> right? Now that you're all here, you're not allowed to say that, right? We need as many podcasts as possible. But I think that's, that's the idea, is, is, is what, we, what, the, what the world needs is smart people who want to share their enthusiasm for their subjects with the world. Um, yep. And as many different ways as we can do that, do that. Yep. Anybody else? Yeah, I'd say it's kind of like the old Cracker song, you know, what the world needs now is another folk singer, like I need a hole in my head. <laughs> um, you know, Janet was just, you know, last thing we need is another World War II podcast, right? Uh, as much as I enjoy World War II, but you know, we're flooded with them, but, or, or civil war, right? or civil war, right? So far. I don't, I don't, I don't have, any, I don't have a feel for the what's out there. I mean, there's just so many of them out there. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the problem. Uh, I just don't know what all is actually out there because there is so much out there. Okay. Well, that's that's time. I want to thank you all for coming. Uh, please come up to the panel and, and ask these folks questions if you if you have further questions. And uh, thank you all for being here. I appreciate hey, it. Very much. Thanks for listening to this special edition of A Better Peace, the War Room podcast. Please send us your comments on this program and all the programs as usual. And please remember to subscribe to A Better Peace and look for the regular weekly podcast in your podcast feed Tuesday mornings. Eastern Time. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.